Amen. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank Pastor B. Man, that's not the first time I met him. I know you're standing, but so bear with me a moment. First time I met him, while he spoke to me, was at general conference at a minister's meeting. And I was standing in the back with one of the preachers, and he was talking. And Pastor B, as you know, he is the uh, uh, super, was it assistant superintendent? Oh, well, he's a great man. But let me tell you, he pointed out to me, he says, you guys got to be quiet. <laughs> that was my first conversation with Pastor Ray. Amen. I'm like, man, he's serious. And then I got to know him. He's a great man. Amen. He loves the work of God. Amen. But before I begin, um, I also want to thank the, um, brother and, and, and sister Fox. Man, they love missions. They're moved by missions. And I, I think this district selected the right person. Amen. You believe that? Amen. I do too. And uh, Brother Austin and Sister Hughes, I mean, they're, they're amazing people. Man, Elizabeth, man, isn't she awesome? Amen. Austin's okay too, I mean. Amen. You guys got a great church. Amen. You got great leadership. I know Bishop Wilson, amen. Wonderful man. Wonderful stories. Amen. But before I begin to speak about Mexico, my, my daughter's going to sing a song. Amen. Come on. Her name's Yaretzi. Her, her name is, in, is Aztec, which means always loved. We didn't choose that on purpose. I mean, we thought it was Hebrew. But praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> praise God. But God ordained. Amen. Cadenas romper, cadenas romper, 
said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight. Inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Verse 15. But the Lord said to him, Go. Land right there for now. Go. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing today. There is no God like you, my Lord Jesus. There's no God like you, Jesus. Akashita la 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 la
like Jesus. Amen. You can take a seat. Clearly God is in the house tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, missions moves me, but I didn't know why. Um, ever since I was young, the Lord moved on my life. I didn't go to church until I was eight years old. And I remember uh, at a prayer meeting, I mean, at a, a church service, at the end of church service, there was an evangelist. And he came. And after service, my mom was selling uh, homemade burritos for the church. Amen. They were homemade tortillas. And, you know, the whole the filling and everything was homemade. And it was a red cooler, red eagle cooler where she was selling the burritos from. And I'm, I'm saying all these details because I remember. I remember what happened that day. And an evangelist came down and the chairs had stared, the church had stairs on the way out. And my mom was right outside at the end. And man, still on the top of the stairs. And he comes out and he looks at me and he points his finger. And he said, he's going to be a gr man greatly used by God. I didn't know what was going on, but God did. Now, I grew up in a Spanish-speaking church. I didn't learn English till I was four. I remember my brother came from school. I'm like, Mom, why, why is he talking funny? My brother was learning English. Amen. I'm saying all this because it means something, amen? I, couldn't, I didn't learn how to read my Bible in English until I was in college. I don't know why. I didn't learn how to pray in English until I was in my 30s. I don't know why. Because I was born in America. I went to school here. I was educated here. I went to college here, amen? But there was always something moving me. To Mexicans. Now, if you're from other country, praise the Lord for Honduras. Amen. I love Honduras. Never been there, but I know I love them because I met, I met the brothers that he, that Brother Fox met. I, I met his dad. I, I, I love missions. I love Latinos. I love my culture. Amen. But there was something always about Mexicans. And I didn't know why. And I remember I would have dreams. And these dreams, I would be leading these services filled with Mexicans. I would have these dreams and these visions over and over again, but I didn't understand because God would show me something, but I thought it was Mexicans in the USA. 
especially now that Biden opened all these borders. Amen. I'm like, I can win all these Latinos. Amen. Praise the Lord. I did not want to go to Mexico. I didn't like Mexico at all. Mexico was a very sad place to me because it was very boring. And when my dad took me when I was very young, and we would go consistently. But every time we would go, it would be boring. And I have to tell you this because so you understand. So I would visit my, my, my dad's family and my mom's family. And we'd go to different places. Sometimes we'd be at a house in the, city of, in the city of Chihuahua. And they would have no running water after noon. Amen. In the city. Not in the country. In the city. So they would fill tubs, and that's how, that that how they would flush the toilet and do different things. Amen. And so I had to do these things, yet I was bored. Remember? I'm a boy. Amen. I'm a man now, but I was, a, I was very much a boy. Amen. I had to do things. I had to be active. Sometimes I'll sit, and I'm like, amen. But I, I just, we call it tiki tiki. We got the tiki tikis. Amen. Amen. So we call it at my house. Amen. So if you know someone like that, he's like, oh, you got the tiki tikis. Amen. But I was bored out of my mind. And we would visit home after home after home. My dad had a great time. I was bored out of my life. Man, my mom had a good time. I was bored out of my life. Because they didn't like to do much. They were happy. Just visiting people. I had to be active. So time happens. Time goes on. But I always felt a calling from God. It was always with Mexicans. Amen. But there's one thing that God showed me. One thing that God, sh- that, that I learned. Is be obedient. Even if you don't want to do something. Just love him enough to do it. Amen. So here's Ananias, and he's speaking to, speaking to, I mean, God speaking to Ananias. And and he's telling him, there's a man that he had a vision. And he saw you, Ananias. So God's telling him, I showed him you. So you can go, pray for him. But in verse 13 and 14, you know what he's saying? He's like, God, he's a very bad man. He came to get us. He asked permission to get us. He's a bad man. Amen. But God said, go. Amen. So I'm 23 years old. It's the first time God told me to go to Mexico. 23 years old. I have to tell this story so you understand the rest that was going to go on. The pictures you're going to see here in a moment. God said, go. I was, I, was in, I was praying. And then as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, go to Mexico, to your mother-in-law's house. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was my same response. I'm like, What? Is going on. Amen. 
I go to my wife and I tell my wife, you know something. God wants me to go to Mexico. And you know who I know it's God? He wants me to go to your mom's house. Amen. I always told people, I love my mother-in-law far away from here. Amen. I do. I love her a lot in Chihuahua. That's what I used to say. Amen. But I didn't know what God was doing. But here's the thing. I just got a brand new job. I had no vacation time. I have to tell the story this way because we understand how God started to move. I had no vacation time. Brand new. Amen. I'm not a minister. I'm not anything. I'm, I, just, I just go to church and I love Jesus. Amen. How many of you love Jesus? And I said, and God put it in my heart that there was a check in the mail. But I didn't know how there was a check in the mail. I wasn't expecting a check in the mail. And I go to my wife and I tell her, you know something? If this is from God, there's a check in the mail. I go downstairs and I open the mailbox hoping there's no check in the mail. Because I didn't want to go to Mexico and I didn't want to see my mother-in-law. Amen. Just being honest. Amen. Just being honest. I open up the mailbox. There it is. There's a check for $3,000. Back when $3,000 was something. Amen. So I grabbed it. I told my wife, there's a check in the mail. <sighs> I still had one hope that my job would not let me go. So I go to my job that evening, and as a, before I check in, I said, well, can I, um, can, I, can I take some days off for a week? They're like, yeah, um, okay, when do you want them? You know, I thought they were going to see, you know, they probably thought it was going to month. Tomorrow? And they said, yeah. I'm like, what? They gave me the whole week off. I'm like, Lord Jesus, this must be you. Amen. So I, we pack up, we go, we go to Mexico. And on our way there, they wouldn't let us pass the border. Amen. Because our, yeah, we were paying off our car and they wouldn't allow to get a permit for the car in the, in the Mex Mexican side. So they made us, um, they, they wanted a fax with permission from our lender to be able to take the car. So I go back to the, to the United States side. And, and while I'm waiting for the fax from the lender to approve us to go, I go to, I go to change my oil. Amen. Cars need oil changes. I was about to do it before I left, but God said go. So I went. When I go to this oil change place, there was a man waiting for me as tall as Pastor V. Amen. Not normal for a Mexican to be that tall, but there he was. Amen. And, and I go there. I know he's Puerto Rican, but I'm talking about this brother. Amen. And, and, I, and when I get there, this big old tall brother looks at me and he says, I was waiting for you. It says, you're baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm like, yes, I am. He said, the Lord said that God called you. That God's going to use you in a mighty way. I'm like, but you got a problem. I mean, I was like, yes, they won't let me pass the car. It's like, ha, <laughs> 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 I'm like, that is the weirdest laugh I've ever heard. Amen. But I'm like, praise the Lord. He really did laugh like that. Probably worse. Amen. So I'm like, okay. So we started praying. And we started praying. Then we started speaking in tongues there at the, at the oil change place as loud as we could. 
It's like we were competing with each other. Who can speak tongues the longest, the loudest? That's what it felt like. I mean, it was loud because God's presence fell in that place. Who's embarrassed to pray? Amen. You better not be. Amen. Better not be. Amen. So we left there, and I got faith now. I'm full of faith. Amen. And, and I, I go to the, I, I go to the, uh, the place for waiting for my facts. I get the facts, and I go to my wife. We're going to be successful. We're going to get to my mother-in-law's house. I'm like, oh, maybe not. I don't want to. Amen. So we start going. I go to the place to get the permit. I go, in the name of Jesus. Amen. They approved it right away. There's a checkpoint on the way. Amen. They're stopping all the cars. I told my wife, watch this. In the name of Jesus, they're not going to stop us. And guess what? We're the only car they let pass. We kept going. Amen. This is my favorite part of the story. Amen. We're driving and we're running out of gas. We're really close to E. There's no gas station in sight. I look at my wife. I'm like, watch this. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And I get the strongest urge to go to the bathroom. Amen. So I stop. I stop at a little store. And, you know, I come out. And there's this pickup truck that pulls right next to me. Selling gas. I'm like, wow, God did this. He really wants me to go. Amen. So we get to my mother-in-law's house. And then she does the dreaded thing that all Mexicans do. Visit family. Amen. See, Jaimito understands. Yes, he does. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we start visiting everybody that my wife knows. Every neighbor. Every cousin. Every aunt and uncle. Her grandma, her grandpa, even the dogs and the cats. Amen. We visit everybody. I'm bored out of my life again. But see, God knew that was going to happen. But on one of those trips, we're going to go visit my mother, uh, my, my wife's grandma in a small little town of Tacuba. And there was a man with cancer. His fingers were falling off. He had no money to pay. But they were praying that God would send somebody to pray for him. And I didn't realize I was him. So I go there and I pray for him. And God heals him of cancer. On the way out of Mexico on that trip, my wife looks at me and she says, what if God calls you to Mexico? <laughs> I was like, never. No, not going to happen. But I said it all in Spanish. I was like, no, Dios no me quiere en Mexico. Like, and she was like, pero si te quiere ahí, like, does he want you there? I'm like, no. Dios me llamó a Estados Unidos. You understood that one, amen. God called me to the States. I'm like, yes. I was like, we're going to win Mexicans in the U.S. That's all. We're going to win a lot of Mexicans in the U.S. That's right. Because I remember my visions. And I knew I was going to do it. Amen. I knew it. Going to win Mexicans in the U.S.A. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
And as time went on, I had a, I had a person who, who um, a Mexican who came that we did win when we planted a church. Amen. And when that happened, this, I was in prayer, and this young man, and this young, he started watching soccer or football. And it was the World Cup. And I said, why are you watching soccer? Mexico's not even good. They're going to lose against Brazil. Amen. Well, they lost. But he, but he started backsliding. Little by little. Started backsliding. Don't let anything take you away from Jesus. Amen. Well, I was in prayer one day. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said. His name was Rogelio. He said, Rogelio is planning to go to Mexico and join the cartel. So I immediately called him. I said, Rogelio, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you're going to join the cartel. You're going to go to Mexico and join the cartel. He's like, no, pastor, I'm not going to Mexico. I'm like, I, I know God spoke to me. I know you're lying. He's like, no, pastor, everything's good. Next day, he calls me at noon. He says, pastor, I'm going to Mexico. When the man of God says God spoke to him, you better listen. Amen. So he ends up in Mexico about a year and a half later. He gets shot when he, because he was in the cartel within three months. He gets shot in the arm. He's almost dying. He missed his main artery by a little bit. His mom was praying for him. This is where I always shout out to moms. Mamas, your prayer works. Amen. He didn't die because mom was praying. There's something I can say. If you ever do anything for me, if you ever think of Mexico and you think of Brother Cañas, pray for me. Amen. Pray for me. I know it works. But as that happened, he, he... I showed this young man how to pray. And why he, and he, so he sent me a text. says, Pastor, forgive me. You were right on everything. Amen. And, and, he's, and he hides. About a month later, he's hiding. And he's praying. And he's praying for two whole days. And the Lord speaks to him and says, they're going to come for you. The cops are. Go with them. They're going to put you in prison. But then while he was in prison, he saw a vision. And the prison was on fire. Holy Ghost, Fire. Amen. So he calls me, and him and another brother named Brother Roman, they, they win the Trinitarians in the prison. Amen. So it becomes an apostolic prison. Amen. And the Trinitarians built our building. Amen. So I started going, he says, I started going one. Praise the Lord. Amen. One year after another, after another. And then, you know, I started going one time, two times, three times. God was working on me. God said, go. God said, go. And if you want to put, can you put the picture up? I don't. This is our prison ministry. 
Let me tell you a story about the prison ministry. When I was there, one time I was praying for people. The presence of God was falling on them. God was just moving on their life. Now, there was a brother there who has the scariest tattoos. Amen. I always tell people, it's not the nice ones. It was the mean ones with all the devils and demons and all the scary stuff and death and all the cartel stuff on tattoos. Amen. Well, he was a sicario. Sicario means hit man. He was a killer. And I'm standing and I'm praying over them. And I'm, while I'm standing like on, on the platform, he grabs my legs. And I'm like, Jesus, in my head. Lord Jesus. Like, I know who grabbed me. I know exactly who grabbed me. And you always know, amen? You know who you're working with. Guess what? There's no guards there. We're working directly. There are no guards. There's no guards. Amen? And we're praying. He's grabbing on to me. And I'm like, I didn't have fear, but let me tell you, if I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I probably would have been scared out of my mind. Amen. Thank God I have the Holy Ghost. And as that was happening at that moment, I felt the Lord speak to me. He says, look down. And I'm like, okay. So I look down, and this man is crying his eyes out. He's bawling, and he can barely speak. But the words that he would say is, gracias, gracias, gracias. That means thank you. And he's crying out at the top of his lungs, thank you. And he says, thank you for coming. Thank you for bringing Jesus. The Lord said, go. So I went. In Acts chapter 10, Verse 19 says, while Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Maybe you can bring up the next picture. I don't know, whoever the tech guy making you work hard today. Amen. They said, do you want to go to the rehab? Just a pastor found out I was there and says, you want to go to the rehab? I'm like, I'll go. I started going. These men, other people would come and minister to them and nothing would happen. When I started going, they started ending up on their knees seeking God and getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I know it's not me. It's Jesus. If you can change the slide. Remember, like, they say go. So Kobe, Brother Kobe, lands at the Chihuahua airport. I go pick him up. As I'm picking him up, I get a phone call. And they said, Brother Cañas. I was like, yeah. He's like, who's with you? I said, Brother Kobe is with you. Like, great. Great. Can you guys come to the ladies' rehab and preach? That's why we look kind of ghetto right here. Because we weren't ready to go preach. Amen. But like, well, they said go. So we went. We can change. See, all those ladies there uh, are ladies who were, are in the rehab center. If you can change the slide. Here they're getting baptized in the name of Jesus. You can change the slide. Now in the back, we had an event back in July. And in the, you'll see, well, in the way, I guess technically the front. 
All those ladies you see in the front, if you can change the slide. Here we're preaching to them, me and Brother Kobe. And there they are. They sang a special. Let me tell you about these ladies. Half of them were demon-possessed. If you want to talk about demon possession, I'm the guy to talk to. Amen. Because everyone in Mexico is demon possessed. Amen. Feels like it. Feels like everywhere we go, someone's demon possessed. We deal with demon possession. Amen. And God sets them free. (laughs) These ladies not only were set free, but they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And baptized in the name of Jesus. And we were worshiping God there. They had a special at our event. Because God said, go. So we went. You see this man right here? Well, that, him too. But see that one right there? The, the untucked shirt? Amen. He's a pastor's kid. He's a rebel. He didn't want to submit to God. Amen. Well, because they didn't want to submit to God, he has problems in his marriage and they're separated. But you know what God did that day? God renewed him with the Holy Ghost. The next slide. Remember I said, God said go. So you go. Now, remember, I didn't want to be in Mexico. I didn't like it. Nothing to do with it. People would come to me all the time, and they go, you're a missionary. I'm like, no, I'm not. No, I am not a missionary. While this man on the left, his family back in September was giving a Bible study. We baptized four in the name of Jesus. He was a prisoner. Now he's set free. Now we're going to train him. Amen. On how to be a pastor outside. A minister. The one on the right. Amen. He's special. Amen. We're going to change the slide. Um, see this. This is a tr- brand new church plant that we have. We planted this like in. I think. April or May. Amen. You see in the back. His mom. That's his mom's house. And his mom was praying for 10 years that God would use her house for a church. Amen. And she was praying for her son to be used by God. Again, moms, your prayers work. Your prayers work. So as you can see, he can't afford a suit. He can't even afford a a regular shirt and tie. Amen. And clearly I can't afford a tie clip. Praise the Lord. Amen. Didn't notice that. <laughs> the guy in the middle is his brother. Amen. His brother was a paid hitman by the other cartel, La Lina. He got paid to kill people. Sometimes he got paid $20 to kill somebody. That's great money, isn't it? Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, keep it, keep it the other one. Please. Well, I preached at that church service. And he got moved so much. 
that he followed me for three hours to the next place I was preaching at. When I got there, God filled them with the Holy Ghost. Isn't Jesus good? You know why God is doing all these things? Because I was obedient. Because the Lord said, go. And I went. Amen. Well, the next slide. Well, because I went, I said, Lord, if you want me to be a missionary in Mexico, I mean, let me have some fruit at least. I want to plant churches. This is one of our churches in Chihuahua. Amen. Change the slide. The ladies event that they have. Change the slide. This is our first, this is actually our first church plant in Chihuahua. Amen. That happened about two years ago. We had our first church plant. Now we have 15 churches. Change the slide. This, this is our, when I was there, I, I was praying for years for a church in Monterrey. I said, Lord, can we plant a church in Monterrey? This is our church plant in Monterrey. Amen. You can change the slide. And here's the first people getting baptized in that church. <laughs> Go to the next slide. I always say this is my favorite pastor. And the reason he's my favorite is because he's obedient. I'm going to say that again. He's obedient. No? Okay, I'll say it again. He's obedient. <laughs> Let me tell you what obedience does. Amen? I went in September, and I felt an urgency to teach the presbyters how to pray. So I go there, and when I say pray... I don't mean an hour. If I tell you, hey, let's go pray, expect to pray at least four hours. Amen? It got quiet. No, we need to pray. You believe that? So if you want me to pray, expect to pray four hours at least. Amen? So we're, we're here, and I said, let's go pray. We ended up praying six hours. And I said, you want to see God do something? You got to learn to pray. Says God gave you this region here in, in northern Coahuila. You're in charge of all these churches. Says, but we can't do this without God. How do you expect God to do things if we're not praying? Says, you gotta learn to pray. So I took him, was like, let's go pray. So we started praying. And he took that and he prayed with every single pastor for at least four hours. Not only that, he got a hold of every church member. And he prayed with them at least four hours. You know what the Lord did? He called me on Saturday. He says, Pastor, we have doubled in size. There's power and obedience. Amen. Praise the Lord. Next slide. Here's one of our churches that we have in um, oh, it's Castaños. It's in the state of Coahuila. This is service. This is 
They're not having service that day. We're just, I want you to take a picture so you have an idea. So I'm glad that Brother Fox showed you some ideas too in Honduras. It's not like America. This is service in this place. It was 50 degrees Celsius and they're having service here. Anyone know how to do the math? I don't, but I know it's, I know it's about 120 degrees. And they're having service. Amen. Change the slide. See those, what he has in his hands? We're playing the drums. And we didn't have sticks. So they found a pallet in the back and they broke it. Now they got two drumsticks. Amen. We don't make excuses. We're going to worship God. I go back home. My son's complaining because he doesn't have in-ears for the drum set. I'm like, we're playing with pallet sticks. What are you talking about? Amen. You can change the slide. This is, this is one of the places we're having a service outside in a park, a youth service. Amen. I just want you to get an idea that we'll find a reason to have church anywhere. Amen. Change the slide. There we go. This is our church in Torreon. Notice how there's no walls. The walls that you see here are made out of tarp. Amen. And this is one of our biggest churches. Praise God. I think they have around 50 people on Sunday. And they can't afford to build walls. Isn't God good? Amen. We're not making excuses. We're going to have church. Amen. I'm going to change the slide. This is one of my favorites. So I'm in the in city of Monclova. I'm preaching. On the, on the right side, the church has no roof. Amen. So I'm... So I got to preach in the front of that. And I'm taking a picture of this before service as they're getting ready. Amen. So the only light they have is a portable lantern that they have at night. So I preached service and God healed like four or five people there. That service. I don't remember, but God just started healing people. And then the pastor looks at me. He's like, well, we have a sister who has cancer. You want to go pray for her? Now understand, it's midnight now. I'm like, okay. Because God said, Go. God said, go. So I get to her house around midnight, and we start talking. I start giving her a Bible study. At 3 o'clock in the morning, I asked, do you want the Holy Ghost? She says, yes, I want the Holy Ghost. I'm like, praise God. I literally just prayed for her. She started speaking in tongues at 3 o'clock in the morning right there. What you see there, she's actually speaking in tongues in that picture. God healed her. Amen. Amen. Next slide. See the guy on the, with the plaid shirt? He was a Trinitarian. He had a dream. And in the dream, he saw me and another brother coming to talk to him, to show him the truth. I get to his house, start talking to him, and I got an urge all of a sudden to preach the name of Jesus and the apostolic truth of the gospel, amen, death, burial, and resurrection. So I started preaching to him. He says, you're the one in my dream. Isn't God good? 
But what if I didn't go? What if I didn't go? What would have happened? What if on every single one of those opportunities that God was speaking to me about, I would just say, God, I'm not going to Mexico. I'm not going. I don't want to go. It's horrible. America's amazing. Lord, I live in Denver, Colorado. I have the Rocky Mountains. They're gorgeous. Amen? I'm like, I'm comfortable. I have, well, I don't have air conditioning, but praise the Lord, I wish I did. Amen? But I have a heater. They don't have heaters in the winter. Amen? I, I, I live nice here in America. I can go to Starbucks anytime I want. You probably, you probably don't go to Starbucks. I love coffee, so whatever. Amen? Amen? But we get to do that here. I had a pastor's kid. They were praying. Hear this out. They were praying for the opportunity to go to Starbucks. Can you imagine that? They're like, God. I said, I, had, I thought I was teaching them to pray. And at the end I said, pray for a want. Just, just so God can, you know, glorify himself. And I said, what's your want? Without knowing, I took him to Starbucks. And they said, this was our want. We want her to go to Starbucks. Amen. Things that we take for granted here are valued there. Amen. If we can change the slide. So on the right, we're having a service on the street. Now, no one knows, but this, on the left, there's this young man, and he's having, uh, he's at his house, what, hearing the preaching in the street. He didn't go to service, he didn't go outside, and he didn't know I was looking at him. But him and his brother, his brother, I was, I thought it was too late with the camera, amen, but his, um, they started praying, and they were crying. As we're having service in the street. We never know who we're going to touch. When we worship God. Change the slide. This is one of our churches that we have in a garage. I call those. I did this on purpose. So you see. These are Mexican chairs. Amen. Like Mexicans who've been to Mexico understand. They're everywhere. They're at every restaurant, amen. They're everywhere. Even the fancy places sometimes have these outside, amen. They're everywhere. These are church chairs, amen. So <laughs> I want just have an idea. Can't afford anything else. So we use these. Pla- I had a weak one one time. And let me just say it almost broke on me. Praise the Lord. But I, w- I won't tell you the end of that story. Praise God. Keep going. <laughs> but. Can I, can I share this part that probably no one shares? In Mexico, it takes a true Mexican to know a Mexican. Amen? And I say that because I grew up Mexican. My mom is Mexican. My wife is Mexican. I mean, everyone on my dad's side is Mexican. Everyone on my mom's side is Mexican. Okay? So I know Mexicans. I grew up in a Mexican church. I didn't say Latino church. We're not Puerto Ricans. Amen. We're not Cubans. We're Mexicans. And it's very important to understand this part. As Mexicans, we have an insecurity problem. 
because our parents raise us normally yelling at us. They even have memes about the chancla. Is that word those? Amen. And you see them throwing them out like a ninja and hitting the, the kids. If you have, you can look it up. They're on YouTube everywhere. Amen. But there's something about that, and I want you to praise. Don't worry, it's the devil. We're going to keep going. Amen. Praise the Lord. That is not going to stop us. But I, I want you to understand this. What, when you're very little, your parents call you worthless. Your parents say you're not good for anything. That you're never going to amount to much. It's just normal. It's cultural. No one sees it as a big deal. It's just normal. It gets to the point, like, as the kids grow up, they're always they're, they're sharing stories with each other. Yeah, my mom hit me with this and this and this, and she called me this and this and this, and we're all laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Amen? But it, we don't realize. See, you're getting flashbacks, huh? I, 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 see? That's exactly what I'm talking about. But we don't realize it affects us. I want you to understand this. It affects us as a culture. Because as soon as a Mexican gets any position of power, he thinks he's something. Amen. Not, now, we're generalizing because not everyone's like that. Amen. We're just generalizing. Um, my dad, when he came to the States, he learned a lot of American things. So praise God for that. But the Mexican came out every once in a while. And you can see it. Amen. Um, there's a word that we call tranza. It's either a verb or a noun. It is a very much a Mexican word. I didn't know it was Mexican until I went to Cuba. And I said tranza. And they didn't know what I was talking about. And tranza, again, is either a noun or a verb. It is to lie, cheat, or deceive. Amen. So we'll say, hey, eres bien tranza. Amen. That means you're a cheat. Or you're trying to deceive me, trying to take advantage of me. Amen? Or be a verb if you're doing it. All right? That's a specific Mexican word. There's even a saying. It's el que no tranza, no avanza. See? See, the Mexicans are understanding exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? If you don't lie, cheat, or steal, you're not going to get ahead. That's what it means. Well, guess what? It's in the church. It's in the church all over. But God allowed me to pastor these, these brothers. And we're teaching them to do it the right way. We're teaching them to be servants. Not to think you're something great because you have a title. My greatest title that I have is not missionary, was never pastor, was not preacher. My greatest title God ever gave me was servant. I'm going to say that again. A servant. Above all. I came to serve. Doesn't matter where we're at, we're serving tables. Man, I was teaching them how to wash feet in the right attitude. I was teaching them to serve. I said, today you're not going to wash my feet. Not because I don't want you to humble yourselves. Because I want to show you I'm serving you. And I chose the leaders and I said, you're going to wash their feet. They're not going to wash yours. They're going to wash theirs because God called you to serve. Amen. And, and this is why my greatest burden, when God says in Mark 6, 16, 15, he goes, and he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into the world and preach the gospel. And then he goes, 
in Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And he jumped to verse 20. He goes, teaching them. So what's the goal? Make disciples and teach. We're supposed to go and preach. But we're all supposed to go and serve and go and show them how to do it. That's why one of the greatest things that the God has called me to do is serve. It's to show them there's another way. It's to show them how to pray for people. It's to show them how to love the people you're serving. It's to show them how to love your family and edify your family. Since I've been down there, the pastoral homes have been getting stronger because pastors didn't take care of their family. Because they didn't know they had to. Because they were told, focus on the church, and their family was getting lost. This is why it's so important for us to have that Bible school. And, and, and it's not for any other reason, but the, the Bible school is where I can teach them one-on-one. -on -one. I can teach doctrine. We can teach doctrine online, but I can't teach them how to live it unless they see me do it. I can't teach them how to love unless they see me do it. I can't teach them how to serve unless they see me do it. I can't teach them how to respond correctly when someone's trying to hurt you. So I'm going to share this last thing. And I want to go with what God wants to do. Amen. And see that brother washing feet? I want to say this with fear. He was a wolf in disguise. He was looking for self-glory. And he started trying to poison the brothers. Here he's faking like he cares about washing people's feet. That it was about him. Now, you don't know him, so hopefully you never meet him. Praise the Lord. Amen. But it hurt me. But at the same time, I felt good. I, w I woke up one day, and I was praying, and God spoke to me. He says, what do you want me to do with him? I said, get him out. <laughs> he's hurting people. He's not one of us. Now, you can say you know Jesus, but you can't say you know Jesus unless you're a servant. You can't say you know Jesus unless you have the right attitude. Because if you know Jesus, you want to please him. If you know Jesus, you, you understand how amazing his grace is. If you know Jesus, you understand how amazing his mercy is. If you know Jesus, you understand how kind he is. If you know Jesus, you understand how much he loves people. And you understand that he came to serve and you want to serve like he served because he's your example. Because you love him. But here's where I say it matters how you respond. Because I was praying, say, God, let me show these men the right way. So God, you know, Hillary Clinton said, never, never have a bad crisis go to waste. Amen. No, you know, we had a crisis. I'm like, I'm not going to let it go to waste in the positive. Amen. You know what I did? I said, praise the Lord. I, I woke up. I told my wife, this is happening. She, and she looks at me all weird. I'm like, but this is good news. She's like, what? Good news? I'm like, yes, this is good news. 
I, saw, I was even happy about it, Pastor V. You know what I, you know what I said? I said, we get to show them that we live what we preach. We get to show them that we love our enemy. We get to show them that we don't talk bad about those who hurt us. We get to show them that we love those who hurt us. So the pastor started calling me, this man is speaking bad about you. And I'm like, praise God. I says, we get to show you that we love. Amen. No one liked that one. Praise the Lord. There is something about praising God. There is something about living for God. Amen. There's something about serving God. Now, I, I didn't mean to put this brother on notice. My prayer is that he'll repent. Amen. Because I love him. I do. I love him. But we're going to use bad opportunities to do great things. We're going to use bad opportunities to edify the name of Jesus. But this is why we need the Bible college. In the Bible college, you know what we get to do? We get to show them. Amen? But God wants to do something today. Who believes God's here in the house today? Everywhere I've been, God's healed somebody. Notice how I didn't say I healed anybody. I don't heal nobody. Amen. But God healed somebody. Anyone need prayer today? No? We're going to open it up. Amen. On the way here, we're driving, and my wife's like, my back really hurts. And she actually took off her seatbelt, and she got on her knees because she couldn't handle her back pain. Amen. I just leaned over. I said, in the name of Jesus. And God healed her back. No, I didn't heal her. Jesus did. Amen. We go to our, we go a couple services. I'm in, and I remember I was at Victory and I was praying for Sister Bishop. God healed her back. Yesterday we were preaching. God healed her back. I don't know. There's something about backs on this trip. Amen. So does someone have back pain? Come on down. Everyone else, we're going to pray. Does anyone have another sickness, too? If you have back pain, come up first. Anyone have any other sickness, come up. And this is what we're going to do, amen? I want to teach you how to pray. Here's the thing why God doesn't heal some people sometimes, amen? It's because you don't believe. Amen? This is what people will say. They will say, you know something? They would say... Let me clarify. They would say, you know, maybe God wants me to have this ailment. Maybe it wasn't God's will to heal me today. Maybe it wasn't God's will. Unless God spoke to you directly and says he wants you like that because it's keeping you in your place. I mean, don't believe it. Amen? Amen? Everyone in the Bible that asked for healing, God healed, who believed. Everyone in the Bible. I don't know anyone who did not get healed in the Bible. Amen? So if you want your healing, it is God's will. So the first thing we're going to do is going to repent. Amen? 
So whatever ailment you have, we're going to repent. We're going to, you ready? And everyone, pray with me. If you, had, if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, you can get the Holy Ghost today. Amen? Same, same idea. You ready? Lord Jesus, In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, forgive us. Forgive our sin. Forgive us for hurting people. Lord, but forgive us all for not believing. Lord Jesus, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for not believing you'll heal me. For believing, Lord Jesus, that maybe it wasn't your will for me to be healed today. But I know, God, that you are able. Forgive me, Lord, for you are able. Lord, forgive me, Jesus, for saying, Lord, that you'll heal me tomorrow. That maybe it's not your will to heal me today. But Lord Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, Lord Jesus, but help my unbelief. Forgive. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. You ready? Let's start praying right now. I want you to start glorifying God. I want you to believe and we're going to start praying for you. You got to believe that God's going to do it. Amen. Now I'm going to say something because of my Mexican accent. Sometimes it doesn't come out. I'm going to ask you what is your need. I'm not asking you what is your name. Amen. What is your need? Praise the Lord. So as, as I come next to you, I want to say, what is your need? And we're going to pray for that. Amen.
anyone else? 